I mentioned earlier that Ari Zivotofsky is going to join us live via telephone. Ari, who's in Israel, and Ari, that's how they're known, Ari and Ari, are two amazing guys who I know for a long, long time who travel the world in what they call halachic adventures. There have been many articles about them. You've heard about them on this show. And uh, they do a lot of stuff that some of us would consider crazy stuff, but they do things that uh, really bring to light the amazing and incredible Jewish people around the world and the history of the Jewish people around the world. And believe it or not, on February the 3rd, just uh, a short, what is it, four or five months from now, on February the 3rd, they are opening up one of their incredible adventures, one of their incredible halachic adventures with OU Israel to the public. So on February 3rd, you could actually go to India with them, and I guarantee you, experience something you've never seen before. Ari Zivitavsky, a Gmar Chasimatova, happy, healthy, and sweet New Year to you. And to you and your listeners as well. I greatly appreciate that. It would be impossible to go through all of your halachic adventures in one conversation. There must have been one or two stories that have to do with Rosh Hashanah. I don't know if it's a unique chauffeur that might be kosher that we don't realize is or something else having to do with the holiday. Is there a little tidbit you can give us for this time of year based on your halachic adventures? Well, um, since you bring it up, I'm not sure that I could think of anything related to India. And I do want to get back to India in a minute. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, two little things. One of them related to chauffeur. You know, we nowadays view chauffeur as a, as a religious implement. You know, they sell it in religious bookstores. You don't sell it in any other kind of store. Right. But chauffeur used to be used for all kinds of things. And we look in Tanakh for war, for gathering the people together. And one of the uses of chauffeur was to announce that Shabbos was coming. There's the Mishnah that talks about it. The Gemara elaborates on it that they blew six times. But it's something that we don't really see today. I guess in Israel, we have the air raid sirens that go off on Arab Shabbos to announce Shabbos. But the use of a chauffeur for that isn't very common. Um, we could see a reminder that it used to happen by this huge stone that's been found that was knocked off of the Harabayas, and now you can see in Davidson Center, right. which announces to the chauffeur-blowing place. And there's one place still in the world where they blow chauffeur on Arab Shabbos, and that's in Jerba, Tunisia. Jerb is an island off of Tunisia, still has an active from community of over a thousand Jews, and every Arab Shabbos, the rabbi of the community goes to the roof of his house about 10 or 15 minutes before Lichbenchen, he blows the chauffeur. He waits about 10 minutes and blows it again to announce that Shabbos is coming. Are you, are, so, uh, this, are, are you and Ari the only two people in the world outside of Tunisia who knows that there's a Jewish community in Tunisia? <laughs> and no, I think Jerb is well known, particularly because Lagba Omer, there are always a bunch of people that go there. I don't know what the connection to Lagba Omer and the Jerb Shul is, but there's a, a pilgrimage there every Lagba Omer. Um, and... and, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean yeah, yeah. to. Three, three, no, I was th- say, it's an amazing community, a strong community with Tamid HaChachomim and Yeshivas, 13 active shuls. I can't believe that. That's unbelievable. And the Rav gets up and, and the Arab Shabbos, so we went there to uh, to witness this, and he indeed he blows the chauffeur every Arab Shabbos. Ari of Ari and Ari and Halachic Adventures is with us live via telephone. You've uncovered over the years um, cemeteries, mikvahs, uh, synagogues, 
um, old Sifrei Torah that may have been either buried or hidden. I mean, you and the list goes on and on. You could tell me twenty. Well, so let me tell you, even better than a Sifrei Torah, I'll tell you about live people. Um, and in India, one of the places we're going to be going, hopefully in February, is a town called Erodi or Arod. I'm not sure how they pronounce it. And the reason we're going to be going there is an amazing community of non-Jews. This is a community where, for the second generation, the leader, the priest, or the minister of this, of this Christian community is very, very pro-Israel. The current minister, who's the son of the former minister, tells us that he remembers praying for the Jews during Entebbe, and he remembers praying for the Jews during the various wars. He said, we realize that the Jews are God's people, and we've been praying for them. But what happened a few years ago is just amazing. He decided if the Torah is the truth, and if the Jews are God's chosen people, why just pray for the Jews? I should become Jewish. He's living in the middle of nowhere in India. The nearest Jew, I guess, is in Cochin, and it's about an eight-hour car drive away. So he starts living, as best of his knowledge, like a Jew, but secretly. Remember, he's a minister of a church. <laughs> and after a few years of this, his son Moshe, his son's name Moshe, his daughter's name is Rivka, his son Moshe was supposed to be baptized. And he said, Dad, this is all a fake. We're living at home like Jews. You're pretending to be a Christian in the church. We can't keep doing this. And because of his son, he came out of the closet, and he announced to his congregation that he's becoming Jewish, and he essentially said, Mila Hashem Eli. And about half of his church stuck with him. And they removed Jesus, they removed their crosses, and they started learning however they can through the Internet about Judaism. And I guess it must be a little over a year ago, um, they contacted us. They contacted the Harry Greenspan and myself. They were coming to Israel, and they wanted to meet so we met with them, and then last, um, I guess, December or January, we went to visit them in Erodi, and I think we were the first-born Jews who ever had visited them, and it's amazing. You walk in, and they have this Zion Torah Center, and um, they have decided they want to be Jewish. They eventually want to convert. They want to make Aliyah, but they do not want to be a burden on the state. So they've already started planning how they're going to earn their living and uh, and how they're going to continue to have money flowing in from coconut orchards in India that they've planted. Ari, so, these, um, these, these stories are just unbelievable. Unbelievable. You, you've come a long way from looking for trailers off the shores of Greece, huh? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, looking for people who love the Jews. You know, that is, an, and, well, it's actually not as rare as we like to think, thank God. But um, in February, we're hoping to go visit this community. So that's, uh, that's one of the things. You know, it's but funny. Yeah, there are a lot of interesting things. There. It's funny. You make such an important point. Uh, you meet so many people in so many areas of this globe that love the Jewish people. And we always think, of course, that, you know, it's it's just the opposite. But But you get the experience where at least you meet a lot of people who have an affection for the Jewish people. There really are. When you go, travel around and... You know, we don't hide it. You walk around, and we always wear that sign that says, I'm Jewish. You put on a baseball cap. <laughs> you, you know, you travel around, and that says, I'm Jewish. And um, you people ask, where are you from? How we say Israel. And the man in the street in many parts of the world is, wow, I love Israel. I love the Jews. So it's really, I mean, although, you know, the situation looks pretty bad when you look at Reykjavik today, and you look at the U.N., and you, yeah. 
But um, but I think it's not as bad as, as it looks when uh, when you talk to the man on the street. Ari Zivotofsky is with us. Ari and Ari have become very, very well-known throughout the world. Ari Zivotofsky and Ari Greenspan for their halachic adventures. The OU Israel trip, OU Israel presents Jewish India with Ari and Ari, a once-in-a-lifetime halachic adventure where you can experience the Jews of India and the remnants of the ten tribes from inside their communities. It begins February the 3rd and goes through the 16th. You'll visit the B'nai Menashe villages on the eastern spur of India. There'll be Shabbat in the ancient Jewish community of Cochin, the hidden jungle synagogues of the Bay Israel on the Kankan coast. I hope that's the right pronunciation. South that of, is. It's right off of Mumbai, right out of Mumbai. The opulence of Jewish Baghdad and the traditions of Jewish Mumbai, an astounding community of thousands of Indians who practice Judaism and hope to convert. In addition to that, you'll cook authentic Indian cuisine with the locals, ride elephants, visit the exotic spice gardens of the east, and enjoy backwater boating in the marshes of Cochin. Your guides will be the local experts together with Drs. Ari Greenspan and Ari Zivotofsky, who will present multiple captivating presentations on the halacha, history, and culture of the Jewish communities of Asia. Does it take a special, um, uh, a special, how do I put this, uh, fortitude to ride on an elephant? No, well, I just want to say the whole trip is not for somebody who is looking to sit on a beach someplace. It's, <laughs> we're going to be moving the whole time. There's no, you know, you're going to get to see the cities. There'll be time for shopping, but it's not going to be where you're sitting around at the, around the pool of the Hilton of Mumbai. You, uh, we're going to be on the move. You're offering a halachic um, adventure, and the word adventure is correct. very, very important to you. Absolutely. The word inv- adventure is what uh, we're going to put an emphasis on. It's halachic adventure. We're going to talk about the uh, all the different Jewish communities. You know, India had the Bnei Israel, as you said, the Cochinis, the Baghdadis, the Bnei Menashe. Um, we're going to talk about the communities. Of course, once we're going to India, you have to see uh, India as, as so you'll know what India is all about. It's not, we're not going to neglect the India tourism, but it's a focus on halakhic adventure. I mean, um, there were unique halakhic questions that came up in uh, in India over the last few hundred years. We'll talk about those. Um, so it's, um, no, there's no unique quota. It just you have to be uh, a person who's curious, a person who's adventurous, a person who really uh, intellectual curiosity. I mean, I, I could see adventurous families joining together and, and participating together. It could be a really great bonding experience. I agree. I think, uh, look, we were there uh, last year, and we said, this is just really fascinating. Um, so we wrote some articles about it, and we told people about it. And then we gave a talk at OU Israel, and the uh, the people of the OU Israel are always looking for, for creative ideas, other than just the, the huge number of shiurim that they have. And it was their idea. It was OU Israel's idea. And we said, uh, you know, you're interested? Absolutely. Have have other people ever been on one of your adventures, or it's always just been the two of you? And no, we sometimes traveled with uh, with a third or even a fourth person. We've never done a tour like a group before. Right. We've yeah. had, uh, certainly we've gone in the past with Rabbi Elio Berenbem, who's, uh, who's a master traveler, um, who knows every Jew and Jewish community in the world. Wow. And then we've had a few other interesting individuals who have come with us. B'nai Israel and B'nai Menashe, these are our brethren. Can I say it as simply as that? They are, they are, I mean, again, you could explain on the air about the ten tribes and, you know, lost Jews from, you know, from many generations ago. But th- these are our brothers, am I right? Yeah, well, they're actually very different stories and, um, but they've both been accepted more or less as Jews, even in Israel. The B'nai Israel are those that are the Jews off the Kankan coast. They're not claiming to be of the ten lost tribes. 
the B'nai Israel somehow got off the Indian coast. Nobody knows exactly how or when, if it was 800 years, 1,500 years ago. But they traced their history to a shipwreck in which 14 Jews landed on the Kankan coast, and they maintained their identity as Jews up until uh, modern times. And although there was some controversy regarding their Jewishness uh, in the early 1950s, today they've pretty much been accepted as Jewish. So the B'nai Israel have no claim to ten lost tribes. They claim to be lost Jews from our tribes. Right. And, and the, the B'nai Menasha, um, as their name indicates, claim to be descendant from, uh, from the tribe of Menasha. And they too, unlike many of the other inf- instances of supposed lost tribes, uh, have a lot of very interesting customs that would point to them indeed being, you know, a lost tribe. Unlike a place we're not going in India, where we went last time, last time we were there, we visited the Pashtun. You know, they're mostly known as uh, in Afghanistan and Pakistan. But some claim that the Pashtuns are descendants of the lost tribes as well. And today they're, they're strongly Muslim, strongly anti-Israel, um, although some of them still claim to be descendant from Sha'ul HaMelech or from lost tribes or have um, Israeli roots. But they'll say that they're descendants from the ancient Israelites. They wouldn't want to link themselves with the modern Jews. Unbelievable. So uh, we're not going back to the Pashtuns on this trip. Unbelievable. Hey, have you ever drifted into some rough areas? You know, I always think if I'd go traveling in places like India, I'd end up in, Al- in an Al-Qaeda cave somewhere, you know, by accident. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever drifted into a place where you, you regretted it? Well, the Pashtun, at one point, we weren't sure it was such a good idea when we were sitting among this, this village of, uh, of anti-Israel Muslims, and they started howling at us about how come Israel is interested in, uh, in us, and do they want us all to become Jewish, and why don't they treat their Palestinian people right first before they start coming to India? Um, but thankfully, everything ended out okay over there. I will say we one time got arrested in Uganda. We found ourselves uh, sort of under arrest. We wanted to go visit the old Uganda airport, right. the old Entebbe airport, right. where the rescue had taken place. Right. It turns out it's a closed military zone today. But uh, we didn't see any reason that should stop us. Did... And we went via the back entrance, and there were two sleepy guards. We asked them if we can go in, and they gave permission. They gave us a badge. They took our passports. And we indeed went all the way to the control tower, and you can still see the bullet holes from the rescue mission. And next thing we knew, some security service showed up, and they... Um, Told us off to the police station and told us we weren't allowed to be there. And uh, it's a military zone, and we had told you that before they told us. And we sat quite nervously in this uh, little police station outside Entebbe Airport for a good few hours. Uh, but thankfully, you know, we had done nothing wrong, and those poor guards, I don't know if they got in trouble afterwards, but uh, they had indeed given us permission, and so after a few hours, we were released. See, if that would happen to me, I'd be sitting there thinking my family's never going to see me again. Yeah, well, we did have some sorts, but but we knew we had done nothing wrong. So in the end, thank God it all worked out okay. Wow. I have to tell you, the scariest thing is many times the roads in some of these countries. I mean, they're just, um, the roads in India, you really have to drive carefully. And that's nothing compared to what we saw in Uzbekistan, where the roads are like driving on a slalom course. Hmm. And um, sometimes that's really the scariest part. Unbelievable. I'll tell you, <laughs> you're so adventurous, I'm jealous. The OU Israel presents uh, Jewish India with Ari and Ari starts February 3rd 
If you're an adventurer, this is made for you. You've heard it in this conversation. Both Dr. Ari Greenspan and Dr. Ari Zivotofsky look forward to meeting you and taking you on one of these incredible adventures. And he has guaranteed arrest-free, right, Ari? No arrests during the trip. Uh, that, that's the plan. <laughs> you can go to ouisrael.org or dial 718-506-9410. Again, that's ouisrael.org or 718 506 9410. The trip is February the 3rd through the 16th of 2016, just a few months away. You can experience the Jews of India and the remnants of the 10 tribes from inside the communities. Before you leave, Ari, we've got some comments that are coming through on our beloved NSN app. And one person asks, the most exotic animal you've shechted, because we've read about how you and Ari, you know, go ahead and, and, and alert the community to animals and birds that we never knew were kosher if shechted properly. What's the most exotic one this listener wants to most know? most exotic, I guess, is in Namibia. We shechted some, a gemsbach, a gemsbach. What is that? But that a gemsbach, and you've seen the chauffeurs, those long, straight chauffeurs. They come from an animal called a gemsbach. Wow. Google is to see if it's G M S B O K as in Gemsbach. Um and we went to Namibia to shock a few of those. But that doesn't mean we're not still looking for a giraffe. Yes. Anybody have a giraffe that they want to donate, we're willing. And you know how to do it, despite what the, some people have claimed for the last many centuries. Yeah. Correct. There's no question. I don't know if people have claimed that for the last many centuries. I think that's a uh, a twentieth century American misconception. Interesting. And finally one list. One listener wants to know if you visited any of the Chabad houses in places like Mumbai and Pune, etc. So in Mumbai we did. I mean, Mumbai is the the famous yep. Chabad house where that, that unfortunate terrorist attack took place. Right. And um, so we did visit there, and the trip will also visit there as well. I mean, there's a very touching memorial to the people who were killed in that terrorist attack. And I think it's very important to see, um, to see the Chabad house, to see how they've rebuilt and they're continuing to work. Um, and interestingly, I mentioned the, the Christian community of Herodi, and their daughter's named Rivka. She was born on the yurt site of Rivka Holtzman on the day of the terrorist attack, wow. and she was named after the Rivka Holtzman. Rivka Holtzman. So we did man. visit there. The other places don't have Chabad houses. That's what, and, I was, um, that's what I was thinking. You're probably the only Jew who's been to places that no, don't have Chabad houses. So, so Cochin doesn't have a Chabad house. Herodi obviously doesn't have a Chabad house. Um, with Bnei Menashe lives, there's no Chabad house. But in Mumbai, we will uh, we will be visiting, and I think having Shalashot is there. Do you and Dr. Greenspan have a shtick where you uh, where you either plant something, and I don't mean literally plant in the ground, although you could, uh, that that indicates that you were there, so that generations from now people know you visited? And not really. The only place we did that actually back in Tebbi, in wow. the tower. Many Israelis have been there before in the control tower, the old control tower, and there's graffiti on the walls. And, you know, many Israelis have written, you know, I was here, or I'm Yitzhak Chai. So the first time we went, the time we got arrested, we wrote our names in the wall along with other people. We came back a second time a year later with Rabbi Riskin, and it was still there. So we had him add his name. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> when you guys come to the United States, you have to visit us. And good luck with the trip. February 3rd, everybody, the once-in-a-lifetime halachic adventure to India with Ari and Ari, it's presented by OU Israel. You can go to their website or dial 718-506-9410, 718-506-9410. Ari, send our best to Ari, please, and thanks so much for joining us. Okay, great. Thank you. Call through. Thursday morning broadcast. This is JM in the AM.